Hello and welcome to The Long Jump, the podcast where we look for interesting people with fascinating stories. In this episode, I'll be talking to Frederick Kraft, who is the CEO of a company called LID. LID makes drinking bottles with a revolutionary drinking mechanism built into the LID, hence the name of the company. They had a Kickstarter campaign three years ago where they launched their first product, but that product has not been delivered yet. I was one of the backers of that Kickstarter campaign, so I reached out to LID and asked if they wanted to tell their story. It's very interesting to hear Frederick talk about the concept that he had, the vision that he had for what a drinking bottle could and should be, and the sustainability aspect of it, of course, as well. He takes us through the journey from initial 3D printing and sleeping under the desk in the lab to make that first prototype, all the way through Corona crisis, pandemic and production problems in China. It's a very interesting journey of a passionate entrepreneur that will not settle for anything less than an excellent product. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go. All right, there we go. Frederick Kraft, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. You're the CEO of LID. Yeah, LID. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been some, some time now, but uh, it's all strange to hear that you're the CEO of something. Uh, but but, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, that's correct. Good. Well, LID is a drinking bottle, like I said in the introduction already, that I initially got in contact with on Kickstarter. That is a while ago. I actually looked it up um, and it was the year 2018. So we have come quite a far way from that Kickstarter campaign. But I suppose that the idea for LID started even before the campaign. Yeah, actually way back in 2015. So after I had graduated from my master's studies, I felt like there's something more that can be done to bottles. Um, my father's friend, uh, he's a distributor here in, in Sweden, where I'm right now. And I always, always had these thermos bottles around me growing up. And uh, I was always a little bit fascinated and, and impressed by his work. So. So when I was done with my master's studies, I felt like I, I, I want to do something in this segment. And um, so the, the idea started growing on me. And, uh, and um, I remember very well the, the day when I was like, oh, this is how it should be done. You should be able to take the bottle up and drink like it were a glass. Just, just normally just take it up and start drinking without being afraid of spilling or anything afterwards. So, so. Yeah, and uh, I was standing in the living room and holding a bottle in front of me. I was like, how should that bottle work? Yeah, you should just be able to take it up and drink. So, so then, then I started building the design and the technology to make, make that happen. What did you study? I'm a mechanical engineer um, at USC. Yeah, yeah. So at USC, I first uh, were in a lab. Uh, I was supposed to do a PhD, actually. Uh, that, that was my plan, at least. Uh, I was in an underwater explosions lab at USC. That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I was building uh, like sensors and uh, to, to, uh, to measure the shock waves and uh, high speed cameras and all these cool things, right? So so that was that was uh, that was fun. We had a huge gun that we're shooting indoors. Uh, but but anyway, that that total different story but uh, i have the mechanical interest like i rebuilt a gas turbine engine which is essentially a airplane engine and stuff like this when i was younger so so the the mechanical engineering background is is there for sure yeah. so your initial uh, brainwave was to have 
a thermos bottle that works like a glass without spilling. Yeah, exactly. It's like you should just be able to take it up and start drinking right away. And and usually you have to like unscrew the bottles and then screw it on. And and if you forget to screw it on or you forgot to like whatever push a button in the right way, and then then it's likely you're gonna spill later on. Yeah. So so it should be like safe and it should be easy. It should be natural. Just no extra uh, like movements or anything. Just just drink. Yeah. So where do you go from there? Uh, so yeah, so I was at the time I was up in uh, San Francisco. I um, had the idea and I wanted to get going. But at that time, I was actually working with Google uh, on a air quality project. So I had, had started another startup uh, during my studies. And uh, there was a phone called Ara. Um, I guess we're still on the, in the NDA, but it's such a long time ago now, so it should probably be fine. But so we had a component for, for the phone and there was a module of phone and our component was supposed to be on, on the first batch of, of these phones going out. But then uh, Google shut down the whole project and not, not our component, but the whole modular phone project. So I remember so that I, yeah, yeah, it was a cool idea. And, and, uh, and, but then Motorola did something kind of similar, but then you had big modules, only one at a time on the phones and so on. While, while the R project had multiple smaller ones, yeah. uh, which, which I think is cooler uh, because then you can, kind of build your own your your own thing yeah that was the um, you know that you had a, a logic board base layer and you can just add your own modules to it yeah exactly so so i i found that project really exciting and unfortunately they shut it down and uh, instead um, i got offered to be uh, the head of the hyperloop labs and uh, yeah so, so i actually took that job and and uh, stay there for about well at least a year um, and then, well, it's more fun to do your own product. <laughs> so, so, but anyway, I, I was down in LA uh, for a year and then the opportunity came to, to focus on lid. Uh, and, and it was just laying there, right? I had this product that had started, but I hadn't really pushed it forward. So, so then I took that and um, got, lead going but at this point you have be... the concept worked out for yourself but you didn't really do anything with it yeah yeah exactly well i did do i filed patents and stuff um but uh i had not really pushed it forward yeah um, so no more than on a paper right but we hadn't really started getting it moving forward so then i'm like okay i have an opportunity here I'll um, I'll take this. So I, I went all in on the lid, and uh, initially, like doing some um, testing and stuff like this in in um, LA, like close to the that was actually really nice. Live down in uh, Marina del Rey and uh, set up some three D printing stuff at home and starting getting the process going. Uh, but soon I found a really cool lab in downtown LA and they had everything that we needed like CNC machinery and 3D printers you name it like all the software 
everything. So that was perfect fit for us. So, so I joined this lab and and uh, then I, I since I'm I'm a fluid mechanics guy, so it's math heavy um, like degree yeah. and not so much uh, practical, even though I've been like in, in mech, uh, like prototyping labs in, in, in my bachelor degree, I was in a prototyping lab too. So I've had, I have the experience too, but of machining stuff, but not so much about programming uh, machining. So, so it was great to learn how to, to um, actually manufacture a couple of uh, bottles from scratch. So we programmed the machines to, to cut the, the first versions. So if you're looking on our Kickstarter bottle, they're a fully functional version one, I machined them all from scratch, like taking wow. uh, Delrin uh, and I think I did PP2, which is polypropylene, another plastic, and, and machined it all and put it all together in the, in the lab there. So everything was done from scratch. And uh, like we have designed the whole bottle from scratch, like uh, magnets, everything is like simulated and computer simulated programs that like we brought. Uh, we wrote, I wrote <laughs> myself using some open source software to, and to optimize things. But this was all version one. And they're actually like problem version four right now. There was like a, a proof of concept way back uh, when I, before I took the Hyperloop job. And then I did a version one in the lab. Uh, but the version one was the one that we're supposed to go to to market with when we did our Kickstarter. But, you know, I'm kind of a perfectionist and and I haven't really learned this uh, lesson better done than perfect. So, so yeah, so, I, well, I we scrapped the first version that we were supposed to send to the backers and essentially started over all over from, from scratch. So this so, one was before the Kickstarter campaign. And so at some point I imagine you hold it in your hand and you're like, does it, did it match that vision you had in your living room when no. you're holding the bottle? No, 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 no. Because it's everyone can envision, like imagine yourself, you're taking up a bottle and you just start drinking and it works perfectly and you don't spill, right? Yeah. But the experience of drinking, that is the hard part. I didn't imagine this part. It has to feel right. It has to. You have to be able to take the bottle up uh, and drink fairly quickly without spilling. Like these small details, I hadn't imagined those, and and, and that's where the problem came. Ah. So it's like, how fast should the water flow to your mouth uh, when you take it away from your mouth? How fast should the water pour back? Is there any risk of coming outside your mouth? All these things, right? It's not perfect now, not even close to perfect, but now and this version is actually good. And the first version, the experience of drinking wasn't good. No. And, and this is very important, I believe. Uh, if you're making a product for consumers that they, they expect a seamless experience. And, and I don't think that the first product would have done that. Okay. Uh, I, and this is what I promised to the backers too. And I, I could not, be giving them a promise and not deliver like i know it takes a long time so i've given them a promise of delivery and that one we have broken but i believe that it's more important to actually deliver them a product that fulfills our promise than the timeline that's true 
So after that initial version one, um, I suppose you saw the potential issues, but said, okay, now we have you know, something actually physically in our hands and we can get working and make this better and then ship it to the backers. So that's where Kickstarter comes in. Uh, that exactly. is your funding, I suppose. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the Kickstarter, um, yeah, essentially <laughs> you described it very well. Uh, we had this product, we filmed this in like a video and so on in, in, in LA and uh, we launched a campaign. Um, the, the, the guy who was doing the film, right? He, he, he said, it's, it's so much fun to actually have a product in my hand that works yeah. and, and I can play with. And so he was like playing all night with it. It, it, the thing is next day we we're supposed to film and and i don't know i don't remember right well actually there was something he did that messed up the electronics oh so i'm like in the middle of night 1 a.m was like ah oh, fuck in like six hours we we're filming and uh, he, he managed to screw something up and i like okay now i have to fix this but i did it uh, a few hours in the night i like did some um, um, bug fixing there and, and they worked. Uh, so in the morning we're ready to go. But, but the thing is what he said that I've had so many projects that, he, that the founders expect me to make a fantastic video with something that's not even close to a product, right? It, yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't fulfill any of the promises that they can give. But card. here, it, yeah, but <laughs> I guess he still managed to, to show videos that Oh, this looks like it's doing something, but but ours actually worked. The the video and everything what they have there is a product that you can drink out of. Cool. Um. So so when it was writing the script or whatever it was doing, it was like playing, opening and closing the bottle all the time. Nice. Yeah. Well, the Kickstarter campaign was a big success. Um, I'm actually looking at the page right now, and it said you had an initial goal of thirty thousand dollars and you uh, raised over 110,000 with more than 1600 backers so that is quite the uh, you know I can imagine you guys were giving each other high fives all around yeah um, no it was good uh, the thing is that if I would have done the whole project today uh, and if we won, went with a version one no, rather version two three four now um, then then 30,000 wouldn't have been close to what we needed right when, but these are the things that you learn i've never done a kickstarter before and um uh, yeah so so i think that it also has to do with my requirements of what i can be proud of shipping yeah um yeah i wouldn't be able to walk down the street and if i see someone holding a lid i should be proud and and the person holding it should also be proud that they have a lid in their hand. Yeah. So 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 I think that that's very important. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's good to ship too. <laughs> so now it's the last step. Now we're actually getting to the point of shipping, which we are very close to now, and the production is ramping up. So so it's it's finally we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so what is your you you have a very successful campaign? You make almost four times as much money as you initially. Uh, went for uh, what do you do then what do we do then okay so we had a factory that we already had in contact with since way back when like 20 maybe even 2015 when when the idea was like uh, when I came, the idea came up so 
So we already had a connection with the factory, but having that and pitching the idea to them and, and having drawings and everything turned out to be a huge difference than actually manufacturing it especially with the relations and and the tooling and everything when we went there it turns out that this was way 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 harder to manage and set up and, and change like we, if we made one change it took so much longer time than we uh, expected so the next step was obviously for me to go to china and um and about this time, like I went there to check out, check everything out, because first we validated, okay, someone actually want to buy this. We have a we have a rough idea of how it should work and look. We have models that we made. Now we need to take it to production. So when I went there, I met with the factory and also my 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 family friend. Um, he was there and made introductions, and we talked to them and went through everything, the whole production process. Um, but somewhere around this time when I was seeing, okay, these are the requirements for making the, the tooling and like getting into the details, that's when, okay, if you're gonna do this and go through this huge process, why not make it right and, and get the, the backers a way better product? So, so after that trip, I believe, now my memory is a little bit vague, it's so long time ago, but I believe that's around the time when, when we started over and going for a new version that is better. So Concepts new electronic implementation went different. Yeah, like everything, like the requirements had changed. No, actually not the requirements. The the, the knowledge of what is uh, re uh, required to achieve our requirements in, in to making this product and also the, the experience had changed um, because I learned so much more. Um, from these for people that don't know what the, the the lid is and does it is effectively a, a stainless steel uh, thermal drinking bottle right but your yeah. lid as the name suggests is completely custom yes 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 so uh, yeah exactly like this uh, you take the bottle up and the sensing that you want to drink and opens for you and when you're done drinking and you take it away then it closes and yeah uh, effectively seals it and you shouldn't be able to spill uh, people tend to do all crazy things with their products so i don't know maybe they manage but but this is the concept okay uh, yeah and then so so most of your redesign then is involving because the bottle itself is a bottle and there's not much to go wrong there, i suppose but your whole technical rethink went into the all the electronic components in the lid then Yes, exactly. So we, we redid all the, the design that we had. We actually initially we were going for a USB charging um, um, and but we changed that whole thing. We redid all the electronics, the PCB design, everything and incorporated wireless charging. And then also our battery structure, like we redid the whole battery setup and everything. We even custom designed our battery controls uh, so that we maximize the, the safety, so which is important, right? This is one of the absolute most important things. The bottle has to be super safe. If you think about Samsung, right? They're, they had a huge problem with their phones, their batteries swelling. started swelling, uh, yeah. 
the batteries swelled, so the, the, the lids were popping off and all these things like that can never ever be allowed to happen on our product, right? So, no. so everything is triple safe. Every battery has its own safety. And then you have a layer of safety on the batch of batteries that are in there. Uh, there's more than one. And, and then there is a software layer of security too. So, so this is a super safe product as it is now. So we just increased, even though there was no safety layer, electronic safety layer to shut off the power and stuff like this, the batteries are still, should still be good enough to, to survive like uh, being crushed. So, so the combination of all these measure, safety measurements uh, make this a very good safe product. So, yeah. I suppose that it's also, I mean, genuinely, you don't want people drinking hot tea and then the lid popping open and spilling it all over them. That makes sense. Uh, mm -hmm. But like you mentioned, Samsung can get away with it because uh, it is, you know, it was a particular phone and Samsung is enormous and very wealthy. So they can, you know, they'll survive a publicity problem like that. But you being a very small company obviously don't have those kind of resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you get yeah, yeah. pretty much one shot at it. And if you mess it up, then you're done. Yeah, better safe than sorry. That's that's the whole thing thinking here. So so that's also one of the reasons that we haven't pushed it forward that fast. We take it slow to make sure that everything works out. The, the bottle that I'm holding here in my hand right now, it's actually, I've been using it since December, November, December, and I've used it every single day. Um, I've had, a, like this last month, I did a product. I for for a month i've been going to the gym every single day well, not every single day actually six out of seven days a week and i bring the bottle with me and i test it like being on the treadmill the cross trainer which is called elliptical too and and then i i see how it is to use lid in this environment continuously and um so all this testing um it, it, i'm i'm happy with the product and uh, this is what we have since last year then the now the in the spring they enhanced the durability and stuff like this even though it didn't have any breakage but i just want to have a little bit more margin on everything yeah yeah so going through you say you're at version four now and that you're you know happy uh, bar some durability things maybe that still need to be addressed um how much of this could and maybe should have been done before you launched the kickstarter campaign um i don't think much of it should have been done uh, the only thing that i believe would have been beneficial is if i myself had more product experience uh, i believe that that would have made us skip one or two versions going to market and more because we came so far in each version before we drop them and sometimes you just need to drop a version earlier faster like test and then drop it and yeah test if necessary yeah 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 so we we developed it for too long before moving on and and i believe that's that's my biggest lesson from this yeah. fair enough that's my takeaway yeah so we're now in 2021 and uh you're uh, you're finalizing the last details. Uh, obviously, the whole COVID situation did not help. How much has that impacted you? 
Uh, a huge amount. Like the, the details that we finalized, the last things that we put in, well, we did put in a change in July last year, July, August, and we got that delivered in January. Okay. And then they made some minor, minor adjustments based on, on what the, the changes were, right? And but but these changes, like as it is now, uh, like let's see here, I think it was in April, and then then it's like all the plastic, the tooling and those things are done. Um, we just need to make sure that the production is actually to the quality that we need now. Yeah. Uh, so the, the bottle itself shouldn't change. Um, like, I, for example, I had a call, not call, I got some responses from the factory over uh, texting. Let's see, here was it yesterday? Well, both yesterday and today. And uh, sometimes the lid, uh, like when you can manually can open and close it, you can push and open and close it. They say that you run out of battery after a few weeks and, and you forgot to charge it. We still want to use it. Yeah. Then you can still open it manually, uh, like manually click it open and so on. And it does that, but it does it slow on some of them, right? So this is something, why do we have this thing? Is it just a production issue or is this a, a design issue? Yeah, yeah. And this seems to be like, okay, it's a quick fix. We just make the spring slightly stronger and, and there's no real design change. The manufacturer, he delivers millions of springs like this either way. So it's like, all right, we just make sure that we're on the safe side here. It should pop close, right? Yeah. Not slowly close, pop, no. So it's like right away. So, so this is more of a manufacturing uh, issue. So, so, but if I were there at the factory, it would have been huge difference because then I would have like seen this right away. as like, okay, why? Are some of these actually closing slow? You need to change to a stronger spring. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but uh, as a product, as it is today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, try, uh, getting back to the COVID, we cannot travel. Like, have not been able to travel since uh, like January 2020-ish. I actually were in China uh, until November, mid-November. 2019 and i was going back to sweden for a few days um so i went here and then i started hearing the words around well i stayed there a little bit longer than i was intending to and but then when i was about to go back to china at that time the covid started happening and at first it was like just kind of rumors right <laughs> it wasn't much much information and but then i just said okay i'll stay a little bit more see what's going on there and then it totally exploded yeah. and since then i haven't been able to to get back so so you've had to redesign manage production manage all the partners all the way from sweden in china yeah all the time yeah that's the big problem right because if i'm there when i was there we can take look at the time when i was there if i needed to change something I could have it changed to next day. If I compare it to the changes that we made last July, July, August, somewhere on there, then that took six months to wow. get these changes implemented. If I'd been there, I would have had them changed within two weeks. That's so the difference, right? Timeline. Uh, absolutely. It's, when I'm there, then they're like, 
okay, I go there, I talk to them, and then I'm at the tooling department within uh, five minutes and I talk to them, okay, this is what needs to be done. And when can you have it done? Yeah. yeah. All right. And then they're like, eh, maybe this time. Okay. And the next morning I come back again. It's like, this is needs to be done. Okay. Uh, do you have an update on when it can be done? And they're like, eh, okay, maybe we can push it in here in between. Right. Yeah. But now when we're not there, the big players, they like push our small product away. Like, oh, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is a huge problem due to the like schedule oh, scheduling becomes much much uh, later so so yeah nothing there not a good thing at all it's terrible and if there's problem they send the things here and then when i get it it costs like 250 bucks or 300 bucks to send the stuff here and then i notice okay this doesn't work how could you not even test this before you send it to me like this happened in january it took them six months to update something and they send it to me and they had not even tested the things before they sent it to me and i, I asked them to take photos and test and so on but i still haven't done it so it's like yeah. all right then i had, uh, had to have a serious talk with them and i literally said yeah we haven't prioritized your product right now okay i know shit <laughs> yeah so i was like all right uh what do we do so we were gonna hire someone to make sure that they do their stuff but uh, unfortunately this person uh, decided not to join us instead he stayed with his previous uh, company and finding someone new it turned out to be a lot of hassle i thought it would be fairly easy but but uh, i i prefer way preferably want to have someone that i met and know a little bit so yeah all right, so you reckon that without the whole corona situation, your product would have been done, let's say, a year earlier? Absolutely. I, at least that of what I wish, right? You never know what happens. It's, it's like a black box uh, working, uh, especially from, from, um, from distance, right? Now, if I've been there, then, then I believe that we would have been done earlier. But this product has taught me that production has many, many unknowns. Making a prototype is kind of straightforward. You just test and you test and you test and you see how the, you're getting closer to your results all the time. But when, uh, when working with pro a production, uh, like setting it up, especially then, then there's like unknowns that pop up. And if you want to change something, it's a huge process. Yeah. If you want to change something during the during the, the prototyping phase, then then you just change this, and within an hour you have a new version. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, especially because I can imagine that a change has a cascading effect to the rest of the unit. Yes, everything is tightly together here, right? There's so many uh, integrations. There's so many interfaces um, in our product. Everything there's space, geometrical. All the constraints are linked. Um, power. Like we, we use so much power for a short time to activate the magnet to open the lid and everything, everything is tied together. Like how long is based on the geometry and, and pressure and every variable is like tied. Everything is dependent on each other here. So that if we change something, we have to change all of them. So that's that's why it takes so long to make a manufacturing change to prototyping you can kind of change them fast 
but yeah. So earlier you referred to um, the Kickstarter backers that you obviously made a promise to. Um, mm -hmm. I can imagine it's tempting that after version one, you're like, all right, a few things need to be changed and we're going to ship version two to, you know, I wouldn't say get it over with, but to, you know, give something to the backers. Because if you go through the comments on a Kickstarter campaign, some of them are nasty, which is not exactly, you know, encouraging. Um, how far do you think it's fair that your product is now being over-engineered rather than just making a product that works good enough and then sending it to backers? You think that's a fair statement? Uh well, I, I, th I think it needs to be reframed a little bit because what is good enough here? Uh, in my opinion, I don't believe that it was good enough before. I thought it was, but when yeah. I realized it wasn't, and I think that's the key here, not the, the, um, the delays itself, it's that we actually should deliver a product that is good enough. And uh, and and apologies here that I thought that I that I had a product that was good enough, but I was wrong. Yeah. And and uh, that's what I continue to work day and night, literally, because when I'm working with China, then it's, I have to work at night. Like today, I was up till two a.m. Uh, just to work to to get everything correct in uh, China, and then up uh, seven in the morning again. So. So we have to deliver something that is good and, and we don't ship shit. At least lid should never ship something that is not good. So, so the day that we do that, then it's a sad day. And uh, if it may be so that we are delayed, yes, then that sucks. But it, it just got to happen then because we cannot ship something that's not good enough. And I suppose yep. by this time you're three years in and even yep. six, six years, if you count the original idea, uh, there's also no point in quote unquote, giving up now and saying, all right, let's just ship it and, you know, screw it. Cause now you're so committed that it's, there's now no more point in doing a half-assed job. Now you're going to see it through the end. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've worked on this for such a long time. So obviously we're going to continue, but but I also, uh, if you're looking on, on products in general, I always believe that there is a point that you should realize, okay, this is not a feasible product. Um, but I believe Lid obviously is a feasible product. So I don't think that just because something took one year or six years or 10 years, you, you, if you realize somewhere along the way that this is not a product that should be made, and I believe you should uh, quit okay. it any time. But yeah, but for lead, absolutely. Yes, we, we, we're, we're so close to shipping now, so it wouldn't make any sense not to, so yeah. Well, I'm not gonna push you on giving uh, any shipping dates or delivery dates, because that's a pointless exercise, I think. Uh, well, but... if we take another call when I'm in China, then, then yes, then, then you I know. can give you a, so yeah, I'll call you up and uh, let you know because then I can actually trust what I'm seeing, right? That's true. Uh, so, so that's a huge difference. Doing but let's assume that it'll ship this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's next? What is lid step two? Uh, step two is a direct upgrade of the current uh, version that we're working on right now. Okay. Uh, because at some time we had like, okay, we're not making any more changes. This is good enough. Uh, but I, I know things that I want to uh, like, for example, okay, I'll give you an example that we should uh, do then. So right now 
when you screw the lid on, uh, if it's uh, hot coffee or some steam in there, right? Then, then you just touch the, the like the, um, the um, what do you call it, the plunger, uh, to to let some steam out, and then it will work. Yeah. Uh, in the future, this should be done all automatically. Um, oh, so but yeah, well, there are many, many mechanical or electrical engineering solutions to resolve this. But uh, at, like, it, it's good enough if there's uh, some steam in there the first time you need to screw it on, then that's fine. You can manage and get the steam out manually. Uh, but in the future, we'll, we'll have an automatic solution for this. Yeah. Okay, so there will be versions two. Yeah, yeah, it will. We have many, many more uh, products in the product line, but we uh, we finish up what we got right now and we actually did like a small let's call it teaser we have a coming uh, collaboration with a um, major tech company to uh, release a super cool uh, high-end uh, product I'm, I'm very excited about this uh, but it's still under like a little bit stealth mode uh, on that project and and i don't want to Put too much time into it now either because right now we just gotta get the current version out ship it yeah. to the backers and then we can focus on the next step but yes let's finish what we got going right now and then then we can take the next step but yeah there is some cool stuff happening so because that is obviously the other side of the story like you have a product that is uh, launching soon but you also have a business to run so i i'm hearing that in the background you're still doing lots of other stuff as well because you have you know, in the end, when the bottle ships, there's still a business that you need to sustain. Yeah. Oh my God. I spent so much time on administration that I would just, I, I just, if I were to be able to wish anything, a magic word, then it would be administration go away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I don't have uh, 10 wishes to make things better. Not even one. Right. So, so it's just got to be done. Like I heard a great, um quote running a business is not one thing that you do great it's thousands of m small things that need to be do done on a continuous every day every week every month uh intervals right so that's that's the boring part of running a business but a very much necessary one it's a yeah that's well put it's a uh, boring necessity hmm. Yeah, so um, you, you mentioned there briefly that you have more products in the pipeline. Um, does that mean that it's more than just upgrades to the actual drinking bottle? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, new features, but also upgrades of the current features. But, but there's totally different designs than you, than you see now. This original one, I believe we will stick with us I believe it's actually going to be sticking with us forever, but but obviously in, in a more neat package. Okay. Uh, but but there will be different designs and different features, and some that have never existed in a bottle before. Uh, just like lid is uh, a new idea, a new a new concept. Um, but it will all center around uh, drinking flasks. Yes. Yes. Okay. I believe that. <laughs> I might have to, to back back on these words later on. Who knows? But but this is what I believe right now. A company should focus on its core, um, well, core values, but also its core 
product and functionalities. Um, yes. It's core business. And that's what you're good at. And that's what you should focus on. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Interesting. So then the sort of this journey will come full circle. Your product will finally be shipping and in the hands of the people that backed you from, I wouldn't say the early beginnings, but let's say the, the middle of the beginning. Um, how much are you going to take their feedback into, into account? Because if I go to the backer page, it has 1,662 backers. So let's assume you're shipping. Uh, I'm sure a few have canceled or dropped out in the meantime, but let's assume you're shipping 1,500 bottles to them. Um, what do you do with that community, that, that first adopter community that you'll have there? I love to have them uh, along our journey, right? Because as I said, this is just the first product. And I love their feedback. Even the bad, like bad comments, I don't really mind them because I think the backers has a function, like there is some comments that are just totally unnecessary, but most of them have a, they, they come from somewhere, right? Yeah. We're, we're late. It's good that the backers keep the, the creators accountable. Some creators just give up or just disappears and so on and and it's good that the, the there are backers to actually make sure that these ones are still there they're still pushing forward and 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 that they have a response right so so i i don't mind that there is backers that are actually pushing the creators it, it's good that there is a function to it and i hope that in the future that the, these backers will be, uh, be be with us in this journey while we make better products and according to their needs because they are our customers and uh, it's the customer's needs that lead should fulfill. So no, absolutely. I'd love to have them along with the journey as we make leads products better and uh, also the, our values and uh, where we're going in the future. Yeah. Quick uh, to end maybe on those values because a big start, a big part of your Kickstarter campaign is also something that appealed to me rather than just uh, the product itself. Uh, was that you're focusing heavily on sustainability as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the, the main core here, what I believe, and this grow as I've been using the bottles and I have seen where it can go, is that I believe that lid should get to a point where it can deliver a bottle that's 10 times better than the single use bottles, whatever it is like coffee cups, or if it's a single use water bottle, all of them, right? If you have something that is 10 times better, then you don't want to use the single use bottles. No. So, so that's, that's the goal here. If we can have a bottle that you use for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, right? And you just continue and using it, then, then that would be fantastic. No more single use bottles. And, and uh, like, that's where I'm going with this. It's not now, but it's, I don't know, five, 10, maybe 15 years down the road that we should have bottle 10X. And then that, that's the mission here. Uh, that's our mission statement, make a bottle that's 10 times better than the single use bottles. So absolutely, we should get there. And uh, that's what we're working towards. Do you think with uh, another version or another variety of this product, you'll go through Kickstarter again? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, the, there's a lot of administration around the Kickstarter. I, um, this might change, but it takes a lot of time to administer a product like this. Yeah. I believe that we have 
we can supply um, more value to more customers uh, going directly to them um, instead of like a platform like this. Uh, because if we have our own platform where we have built everything up, the, the, the way that we talk to people and also how we reach them, then we can use this uh, continuously and, and build on that instead of coming back to, to Kickstarter and building up something new every time. And, and, uh, and I believe more in that because of the, the reoccurrence. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Well, that's an interesting look into the journey that LID has made so far and that you've made with LID. It's, uh, I have yeah. to say, you mentioned earlier that a lot of, or a lot, but there is Kickstarter projects that sort of fizz into nothingness and the owner disappears with who knows how much money or you know you never hear from them again. Yeah, that's a sad part of the Kickstarter, right? But it's also, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's exciting, but it's, it, it's, 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 it differs from many other products uh, because or platforms it's that you don't know what you're going to get in the end, right? So no. you hope for the best, but it's a little bit of a gamble. It if you look on my case. journey, if you look on, on my journey, right? When, after Hyperloop and then I had some funds that I'm like, I, I worked for a while, I made some money and I put everything into it. And then I was running out of funds, but, but I just had to keep going. So there's like this uh, funny, but, but it's also how uh, startup life is sometimes. Like I, a, a good friend of mine let me sleep on the floor of his bus. He had bought a school bus and it was parked outside the lab. So I was sleeping on the floor. I'm, I'm grateful for that <laughs> because then I could be there uh, in the morning and leave at night and just walk in and out there. Super convenient, a hard floor, but, but it worked. Uh, at the time I was living in... Um, San Diego and that like I was trying to get up and down uh, for like at least one once a week uh, I was going back down there and then I was trying to be up in uh, by the lab and <laughs> there, there's so many stories about how how much I was trying to get the last hours out of working in the lab like essentially taking a nap under the tables and I wasn't the only one there by the way I was like seeing other uh, startups they're doing similar things just you take a blank or something you you sleep under a under a table get some sleep and there was a hammock outside so so if i was getting maybe for a certain like six uh, weeks there was a crazy time like i was sleeping one hour in the morning and then one hour during the day and then just kept going like that and one day a week i got some real sleep but then then I made a real functional version and then we launched the Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, of a true yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah, I think that everyone has to do this dog years when you write. You, you really got to put the time and energy and effort in to show investors that you're serious about this. Um, and, and maybe the backers too. Maybe I should have shown that part of the journey too, right? When you really have to push through the grit and the hours and, and the progress you need to be able to deliver in a short time. Yeah. Um, there wasn't any option because out of funds and we needed some product that was functional and we just needed it now. So it's like, all right, we just crunched it. And, you do and, what you gotta do. 
yeah yeah exactly that's how it works <laughs> cool well i think yeah. that's uh it's a nice insight into your journey uh like this to just hear the the stages that you go through the frustrations that come with uh, you know unexpected events like the corona pandemic but it's uh, it's cool to hear that you're still at it and that the the real the the end product is is inside yeah no i'm i'm looking at it here <laughs> i'm holding it uh, and i'm gonna drink a little bit out of it now nice yeah well thank you very much nice. frederick for being uh for talking to the podcast yeah it was nice uh, being on uh, we should do this again sometime when when we have when i'm in china when i have when yes, i can absolutely. give you a delivery day then then we can jump on another call we should do that and obviously since i make reviews for a living i will definitely once i have my lid make a review video about it as well yeah, I love to hear all the feedback too, because then we can use this feedback to make it even better. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that too. Quick uh, to end, where can people find you, and where can people find Lid? Well, uh, everything is on our homepage, Lidbottle, L-Y-D Bottle.com, and Lid actually comes from the name Lid, like a lid on a bottle, and but we made it Lid more unique right so lidbottle.com and uh, there's email and i think uh, even our my personal phone numbers should be there too so just text me call me email me uh, just go for it and um, yeah uh, we have a facebook page too and instagram and twitter lid bottle so so just search for us and, and you'll find us cool i'll put all the links in the show notes as well for people that are interested and then uh, it's a date indeed for when you are in China next time, then we should definitely do this again. Yeah, no, for sure. And that was it for this episode of The Long Jump. Thank you very much for listening. Like I said, all the links to Lid and Frederick will be in the show notes, as well as the links to how you can reach out to us. If you have any suggestions for a cool guest, or if you are a very interesting guest with a fascinating story yourself, please do reach out and we'll see what we can make happen. This is it for this episode. I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Cheers.